Hey, it's Bobby. It's Jared. And here we are at the Franklin Sense Podcast. We're excited to be here again with you um, with another fun conversation. We hope that you enjoyed the recent conversation that we had around um, John Gray and uh, his church. Um, again, uh, we're, we, we love the feedback and... Um, we hope that uh, we'll continue that conversation somewhere down the line. Yeah, and we're here with you a week later. Yeah, so we are going to um, touch on a heavier topic. This was a, a question that was asked um, by a listener on our um, iTunes account, mm-hmm. I believe. And so um, the um, the question that was asked uh, from Love is Growing, not sure who that is, but Love is Growing, thank you for listening. I like the name. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he shared... Uh, their comment was, love it. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts about the LGBTQ community and how we as Christians can better love this group. Um, and so we are going to be addressing that today. Um, there are other questions and other things that have been said on our Facebook page. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and we will be addressing those uh, those things and answering those questions and, and sharing some thoughts on those. But uh, today we kind of felt like this is the one that we wanted to address um, now yeah um so lgbtq um i'm gonna go ahead and put that plus sign in there um yeah uh community because mm-hmm. um that's the hot topic right now uh, especially when you think of um the united methodist church and and things that were going on with them as the right. as they were putting that vote into play of you know whether or not they were going to allow um homosexual leadership and uh, homosexual marriages and that right. kind of thing um you know the People celebrated that. Um, you know, people were sad about it. There's a lot of bro- broken hearts, a lot of um, joyful hearts. It's um, it just created a lot of tension. Yeah. And then, of course, it creates that whole conversation of, well, you know, where do you stand, right? Yeah. Um, and the reality of it is, is that we can share where we stand on our thoughts on it, but you know, we I think ultimately have to see like, what does what does Jesus say, right? Yeah. What does Jesus say? How do we really care for these people? Um, and and I say these people, and, I, and it sounds so weird to me. I don't even. I don't, yeah, because uh, what you're you're coming from, what I'm realizing is it's not a it's not necessarily a different group. When we're in the body of Christ, you know, and someone is uh, part of the LGBT community, uh, but they're in the Christian community too. Yeah. You talk to most folks, you find out they identify as Christian first. Yeah. Because their relationship with uh, the Lord is the most important thing to them. Yeah. If they're Christian. Yeah. And I think, like, when... And I have a hard time, because I, I, we do have a tendency to do that, right? We, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to say, well, those people... Um, like, they're the other. Yeah. But what people have to understand, and I think this is already working on answering the question we were given, is um, they're not other people. Yeah. I mean, they're us. Yeah. Uh, they're with us. Yeah. You know, in in... It's not like they're somewhere else, not attending church. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it, <laughs> they're right there with you in church. Uh, they're in, and I keep keep I hate to keep saying they're there, they 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 they, but I mean, um, it's a uh, they're part of your everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, part of your family, part of your school, part of your church. Yep. And so, how do we how do we really care about them and and <laughs> And the, whether or not um, 
love is growing meant it this way right. uh, but I think that this is this is the common question well mm-hmm. how do we how do we love them better and, and well I think I'm gonna say that person's probably coming from a place where they see that there's not love right I, I can prove it you know yeah no 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 I, yeah no. I could you know the comments are there that the attitude is there the treatment is there the unfair yeah. treatment is there yeah, and I think that's fair to acknowledge. I think yeah. we have to acknowledge that, that, and we'd be wrong not to. And so we might talk about that a little bit more. But I think yeah. what what I'm trying to say though is that um, we we talk about how to love them better, and like you said, they aren't some separate group. Mm-hmm. They're people. It's humanity. It's um, it's they're all a part of. We're all a part of God's creation. Right. We all carry the image of God. We are all a part of this. So when we start saying, "Well, how do we love them better?" Mm-hmm. We're missing the point. We love them just as we would love anybody else. Right. And so we care about them just as we care about anybody else. If you know somebody who's in addiction, do you love them any less? No. Right. You walk with them. You know, like, And I'm not comparing homosexuality to addiction. I'm just saying yeah. that when we it, look at it from the perspective of the majority of the Christian perspective is, mm-hmm. well, they're living in sin, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's, that's a whole other conversation, really. Yeah. But when we look at it and we say, how are we loving people where they're at? Mm-hmm. Not based on lifestyle not based on who like what they're doing in their bedroom not based on what they're doing you know whatever it's how do we love them right as a person and that's where we have to get to is we see past the 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 issue right Wh- whatever issue it might be if it's mm-hmm. homosexuality it is if it's um alcoholism that's what it is yeah. if it's lying that's what it is if it's um that they got divorced and they're and they're out dating again. That's what it is, right? Because some people have tension with all of that. <clears throat> if we know that they had an affair, we have to still love them, right? It's hard, mm-hmm. but we still have to love them, right? And it's it's loving people in their in, in who they are, and right. just they're people. And so look past the the stuff mm-hmm. and and go into who they are. Yeah. It's carrying more it's what we talked about in the last episode when we talked about um Carl Lentz saying mm-hmm. I don't care about like it's not that I don't care about abortion or that sinful act, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I care about the story. I wanna know the person. Okay. I wanna know who they are. I wanna know I wanna know where where their hurt is. Like mm-hmm. I wanna know where their struggles are. I wanna know how can I care for them as a person, yeah. not Try because oh well oh you're you're gay mm-hmm. how can I love you more right how can I care about you more yeah. so oh you're hurting mm-hmm. how can I love you more yeah I uh I know you and I are probably at different places in our journey uh, as far as just um, you know LGBT issues uh, I like to tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from mm-hmm. you know um, <clears throat> so I'm straight and uh, you know, this makes me kind of ignorant, you know, to this whole thing. I grew up in an evangelical church, and I was always taught uh, that this, that not just that it's a sin, but also that these people are like these sort of, you know, other, almost sort of weird, deviant, perverted, <clears throat> almost monstrous type people that can't be trusted around children. And I grew up with that. That stereotype, you know, and I thank God that he didn't let me keep (laughs) that false impression and that stereotype. I mean, I thank God for putting the right people into my life to show me how stupid and wrong that was. Um, And uh, one thing that 
has been very meaningful to me as uh, you know a few years ago I was at this big student <clears throat> event and one thing they had there uh, it was a, it was a it was a student arts event involving like thousands of people from around the country and uh, they had a, an LGBTQ plus panel and I said man I want to go see what this is all about you know knowing that you know I, I'm ignorant I'm ignorant to these people's story you know and uh, I knew gay people um, but I just didn't know what it was like to walk a mile in someone else's shoes right so I go to this uh, panel and there are several adults on the panel um, there were uh, gay lesbian uh, people on the panel they were just allies you know I, I learned later you know straight people um, who were supporters are called allies and they're allies uh, it was a priest whose brother was gay, and he was there on the panel talking about that. It was a, it was adults, and then there was a room filled with uh, teenagers, uh, young people, you know, old enough to you know kind of know who they were and know what they were talking about. And um, they just started to ask questions, but also share stories. Uh, and uh, we'll say this took place in the late. Uh, 2000, I don't know what we call the first decade of the 2000s, okay? Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010, all this is taking place, okay? So just a little bit ago, maybe 10 years ago, uh, was my first uh, um, attendance at one of these things. And I started hearing the stories of young uh, gay people and the difficulties, you know, um, <clears throat> that they had in, in families, in communities. Uh, now they were from around the country, right? Mm -hmm. So some some places, uh, you know, the stories were kind of um, just this is where I am and this is my coming out story. And then in other places, there was full on persecution in their community, sort of depending on what kind of town or what area of the country they came from, you know. And as I was listening to this, I was like, wow, some of these young people are facing losing it all, mm -hmm. losing support from their family losing the the love of their dad mm -hmm. and there were some tears in that room you know and of course the adults who had been through a lot of this stuff and you know some of them had struggled going way back you know and had to fight the fight and put up with you know growing up in the 70s and 80s in a very homophobic time you know and they're there to sort of lead these young people you know in the early 2000s uh, through some of their troubles and I thought man you know uh, I, I thought about all of my Christian friends who think they're persecuted uh, <laughs> when, you know, someone uh, makes fun of Christianity or uh, doesn't take Christmas seriously enough, you know. And I thought, man, here is real persecution, you know. Mm -hmm. These young people are being persecuted. And I was like, some of my Christian friends, I kind of in a really sort of backwards way, if you can understand this, I thought some of my Christian friends wish they were persecuted like this, you know? Mm -hmm. They always want to say someone's coming against Christianity, and honest to goodness, not like this, not like this. I mean, you know, um, how many people can say that, you know, they, they, they feared being thrown out of their house, you know, um, by their parents, um, because of something, you know, and in the case of these kids, it was sexual orientation. And, you know, and that really started me uh, really on a journey of wanting to listen, wanting to hear this, and also 
wanting to side with um, <clears throat> young people, uh, especially uh, LGBT people, and um, and I, I'm on that journey. You know, I haven't arrived at anything. But that's where I'm going. You know, yeah. and I've started to listen more, and I've learned that a higher percentage of homeless youth are are gay mm-hmm. or lesbian or bi or trans and or queer and uh you you know what's driving that this sort of religious fervor of parents you know when they find out that um their kid has a certain sexual orientation and they don't like it they get thrown out you know so it's this uh i guess maybe the better word is religiosity this idea that you know um my son's gay, therefore he's not welcome in my home at the age of 15 or 16. There are kids on the street, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult, you know? There, there are actually uh, a couple of places in the country that are homeless shelters for LGBT yeah. uh, kids. And it's because uh, it's it's it could be very dangerous for them in a traditional homeless shelter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, be, you know, there are just people there who will be... Uh, well, when you're a teenager on the street, you have certain needs anyway, you know, and I think you need to be protected. Um, but being gay, there are people who just be hateful towards that and it becomes dangerous towards them, you know. Yeah. So there are special shelters that are put up for that. And I'm just thinking, man, I I look at how they're persecuted and I can't side against them for any reason. I just can't. It's like I have to be there taken up for... Um, young people who find themselves in this situation. So that's where I am right now. And I would invite every Christian who's sitting here with this idea that, uh, you know, gay people are something to be feared. Uh, I would challenge every Christian to get on a journey where they have a better understanding because that is bogus. Yeah. Um, you see, for me, I've, I've come from because I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I'm not sure that before, but I remember when I did become a follower of Christ, um, or learning the process anyway, I had someone very close to me who was homosexual, and they came to me and instantly said, oh, so now you're going to hate me? Ooh, okay. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I remember that conversation, and um, I remember looking at the person, um, I'm not going to say who it was, but because I, I sure. don't want to just create that, but um, I don't understand why you would think that. I love you. Yeah. Why would I do that? And then I started researching, like, what the heck? Like, why would you think that? And then I started seeing, like, holy cow. Like, the church has been messed up towards gay people. You oh, know, like, it, like yeah. this is, I mean, that was, like, my thing. And then, right. um, and then to know, like, a bunch of my friends who have come out recently and the reason why they hid was because they're, you know, their strong Christian family. Bingo. That's what I'm talking would about. Would have demolished them. Yeah. Um, I I had a conversation with a friend recently um, who, an awesome opportunity to be able to meet up with her for like the first time in forever. And yeah. um, I had the conversation with her about her experience. And I asked her like, you know, like when? You know, when did you know? And she, and she shared when, and, and it was way before she ever came out. Yeah. She just was afraid to, in a sense, you know, because she wasn't really sure how to really sh- share that. And she, like, she was sharing, like, the tension that she that she had when she had to share with her Christian family, right. you know? And 
and just that fear of losing those relationships losing that love and it's not an irrational fear because in some families that is what happens yeah you know people stop talking to you sometimes you know and people are afraid they're not going to be accepted anymore so and i think this is where my heart goes to this whole situation is that our hearts should be breaking for those who have felt that they can't share their their struggles, mm-hmm. um, their um, their desire for that, um, yeah. their 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 pull towards that, their you know, um, because because that's not really where we should be, right? And and the reality of it is though, it's like mm-hmm. this covers everything for us. Is that in Christianity, for some reason, yeah. <clears throat> the holier than thou folk have created this this tension for people mm-hmm. that you acknowledge your sin in private with God, but you better not talk about it out in public, and you better not show it in public because right. if you do, then you are not a Christian. Right. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I don't. Know. I would say it's probably pretty old too. It oh, yeah. predates oh, oh, Christianity. This well, idea of putting on this certain public face, you know, and yeah. yeah, it's very, it's very biblical. I mean, you see in the mm-hmm. Bible, like with the Pharisees and Sadducees, like they would, they were walking Absolutely. around with the bells to show yeah. off, and then they try to call out, like, wait a second, like there's a scene in scripture where, yeah. where the Pharisees are like, how, like how your guys like um, doing this against, you know, mm-hmm. against the Sabbath, and and Jesus is like. Wait a second. You're going to tell people. You're going to try to call my guys out, but mm-hmm. you're telling people to go against their own father and mother. That's mm-hmm. actually a direct thing that you you guys are saying. Like, oh well, if you have mm-hmm. something to offer, yeah. <clears throat> give that. If your parents need it, then you say, well, I, I gave my stuff to God. Mm-hmm. That was just their way of manipulating money and and, yeah. and goods from people. And God, and Jesus is like, you are going against command from God to honor your mother and father by something that you've created by man from your own standard. (laughs) So don't try to call my people out because they're my people. And I'll just tell you straight up, I'm the son of God, so you better back up, right? Like I always love when Jesus did it as Pharisees. I know. Showing us that even (coughs) even God's people can misunderstand the scripture Mm -hmm. for generations. Yeah. And call them... Jesus' words, his metaphor for that was whitewashed tombs. Yeah, you look good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Yeah, dead body inside. And we've created this atmosphere where people can't be real about who they are. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't talk about your issues. You can't, and and whether or not you want to say, well, homosexuality is not an issue. It's it's just who I am. Yes, I get that. Like I, I totally like I'm. I can tell you my theology around that. And I'd probably have this is probably where we get the episode. This is where our, our episode page will get blown up. Um, okay. Because most likely when I say this, people are going to be like, no, this isn't true. I wrestle with this. So can I, can I go ahead and share with you my theology on this aspect of things? Is that okay with you? Oh, it's okay with me. Okay. Just on the, on the, on the uh, note that, that Bobby and I differ on some things, I have yeah. no idea what Bobby's going to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> cause, so my perspective is because people say you choose. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly don't believe that. I'm with you there. I, I do not believe it's a choice, and I've I've gotten this from <clears throat> I've gotten this from many people over the years, and yeah. I, I get it now. You know, I believe that mm-hmm. um, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, mm-hmm. sin came into the world, right? And everybody has something in them mm-hmm. that pushes them in the opposite direction of God's desire. Right, this is where we kind of go into this like idea of 
Like, I don't know if, like, if, if this is God's desire, right? I don't, I don't know. Like, I can't, I'm going to just clarify that. I don't know. Okay. And I think that is what we really have to get to be able to say. Yeah. I don't know. I see biblical scripture pieces that point towards things, mm-hmm. but I don't know because I'm not God. And he says there's going to be people in heaven that you wouldn't have even expected to be there. So guess what? I believe that. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know how it's all going to work out. Yeah. I just go ahead and live my own faith. But this is how I kind of understand this process. Yeah. From from sin entering the world, if we want to look at all of this as being sin, <clears throat> ultimately everybody has something in them. And it's going to rise up to the top. Yeah. Some people might have lying as a major issue in their lives. That's a sin. Mm-hmm. Lying is a sin. So it comes up. Because he doesn't want us being dishonest, but it's just something in us that we lie. And we see that from the beginning, too. They lied, right? There's a lot of deception in there that occurred. And so now you see this whole process. You see um, somebody might be prone to to lust, right? Mm-hmm. I might not have an issue with lying, but I have an issue with lusting. Okay, so that's up above, right? That's rising up in you. You might have an issue with addiction. You might have a prone to addiction that moves you away from God because God should be what we're addicted to, not other things. But let's become our God. Yeah. That's something we're prone to, right? So it rises up in us and it's become its thing. Like people might say, well, it's a disease. Well, okay, but it's something that's risen up in you that has created this. So for all of us, we have something. Mm-hmm. So it's all rising up to the top in different people. Okay. And so when God's like, look, these are your desires because this is who you are because of sin entering the world. And in Romans, it says that he gave them up, he gave them up over to that because that's what he saw. Like, okay, look, this is where your heart, like, like, this is where your desires are going. So I'm giving that up to you. My hope is that you're going to come back to me. My hope is that you're going to come back to me through my son, Jesus, that you're going to reconnect with me as your creator, and you're going to see that I am better than all your other things that you're desiring over me. Mm-hmm. Now, what that looks like for me is we have a God who says, look, your lives are your lives, but my son's life was for your life. Mm. So I see you as my creation. I don't see you as sin. I see you as loved, not as broken. I see you as whole because of my son, Jesus. And, and, and as humans, that's what we have to start thinking, is that God sees these people, right, in all walks of life, you, me, anybody else, that are living, quote-unquote, sinful lives, right? Because we're all sinful, so we all have our sinful lives, right? And what we've done is we've created this homosexuality as being like, the, the sin above all every other sin, which that is not the case. It is wrong. It is false. And it's created so much hatred and bitterness I know. and separation. I know. There are just sermon after sermon and comment <clears throat> after comment and all this other stuff. And I'm telling you, if it was that important, Jesus would have been about it. You he, know? And famously, not addressing this at all. Famously. Nope. Jesus never said. I mean, he had... He had so much more to say about so many other things. Right. I'll get to that in a few minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah. I, I mean, if you think about it, if it was this big of a thing, like we're making it in America today and in some of these churches today, Jesus would have verse after verse after verse about it. 
Well, even in the, in the country that just um, initiated or initiated uh, Sharia law um, for the Muslim faith, okay. like they're going to stone yeah. um, homosexual activity. Mm -hmm. If you are a, a person who is partaking in the homosexual activity mm -hmm. in public and it's known, or even in your own bedroom and it's known and you're busted in it, you can mm -hmm. be stoned to death. Which is, is, not, <coughs> is not too far Gosh, off from some of the mm -hmm. laws that were, you know, in England just 100 years ago. Right. Know? So... And so it's like we created this. We've or America. I don't know why I picked on that no, one. No, I guess I'm no. thinking of one of my favorite writers was uh, famously persecuted for his homosexuality. It was Oscar Wilde. I was just mm -hmm. thinking yes. they threw him in prison. I don't know why I picked on England because I know right well that in early America, you know, the Puritans had laws in which they would stone people too. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, England. So. We, we just have to be careful because what we've done, just like we've done with the prosperity gospel, excuse me, with the prosperity gospel, um, it's a monster that we've created yeah. that needs to die because we are separating people. We are we are hurting people. Mm -hmm. We are creating – when you talk about young people who have to live on the street because they're being pushed out of their homes. Yeah. Like for me, like that's what should break our heart. That's a sin. That is a complete that, sin. That is – yeah. Because cause now it's like we have we have put our own spiritual beliefs, whatever – above caring for our kids mm -hmm. caring for our neighbors caring for those who are oppressed who are marginalized who are pushed out we care more about our own rights yeah. than we do theirs and i understand there are people who think that's the right thing to do right they think they're honoring god by that and i don't and i don't see that biblically it's yeah. not it's not there it's it, we we aren't supposed to turn away from our kids we have, it even says if you cause a if you cause one of these little ones to sin, you might as well tie a millstone around your neck and jump to the water. Right? We've talked about this already, but it's like this is another aspect of it. When we start, when we cause these young people to start doubting their value to God, yeah, we're causing them to sin. Because, and I'm glad you brought that up because suicide rates are higher, and that's yeah. proven too. And and what a shame. Yeah, you know, because of all the rejection, because of people. You know, it, it hurts. I don't care how much you think you're secure in a relationship with somebody. If they start withholding communication with you, like shun you, they start withholding affection um, or that connection, that relationship that you had, it hurts. Yeah. You know, I, I hate to be shunned or for somebody to give me the silent treatment. I could imagine if that had happened with my family because yeah. I said, Mom, Dad, I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah, I am... Um... You know, I've been around, you know, I've been, I've been in situations that made me uncomfortable with homosexual people. Okay. I'll admit that. Not judging them in mm -hmm. any way. It wasn't like, oh, I can't be around them. It was more of a, mm -hmm. they thought that I was gay too. Okay. And so then they like made like, end up like, this just shows you that they were either drunk or very desperate because they came on to me. Okay. And so that was weird, right? Because, I mean, I barely had any girls come on to me. Mm -hmm. So like, it was weird to have another person. <laughs> so that's a whole other story. Yeah. But... This person came on to me, and it and it created created an awkward tension for me, and mm -hmm. I reacted in a way that was very shameful because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to respond. Right mm -hmm. now, fast forward, this was in like my early like I think probably like two nah, no I'd say nineteen ninety nine two thousand so it was like okay. in that time. Fast forward to when I moved here to mm -hmm. and I'm in Philippi and I have a roommate who comes out and says that he's at that point he said he's bisexual okay. um, and he felt awkward because I shared that story with him like before he ever came out to me oh so he already had this precedent <clears throat> that you were going to react negatively to him right okay 
and and so I share with them like, dude, my heart breaks. Like that was not my intention. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I was. Yeah. Just, I was immature. Yeah, I didn't understand. And honestly, like I, it it was weird for me. It was foreign. And yeah. so I reacted in a shameful way. And I said I apologized to him. Like I, my heart broke that he felt that way because it had nothing to do with the fact that you know, like I, yeah. like I, because I, like I mean, like I said, like I love. Mm-hmm. Like everybody who's been a part of my life who came out as homosexual, like I've loved, yeah. And so it's like I've been able to deal with that. But when it came to me being in that interaction, I just didn't know how to respond. Yeah. And so, what I think happens from a from a perspective of like people who want to push them away mm-hmm. is that they fear what they don't understand. They absolutely do. And the only and thing they can do is push away. Yeah. And I and I think that uh, your story illustrates something that I would like to, to recommend to uh, Christian people is that you got to stop getting on your soapbox and railing against mm. uh, LGBTQ people online and in person and at your, you know, 4th of July cookout and hanging with your friends, you know, yeah. because... Here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> people in your family are gay. <laughs> All right? People in your church are gay. In your circle right? of influence, you have somebody. Pe- absolutely. And you just don't know it yet. And you're being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you're being an idiot in that moment. Yeah. And um, they're, they may... You may be the only one who doesn't know because they understand, don't talk to you, mm-hmm. be, oh, um, or be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Your prejudice about yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And so I guess for me, um, when I look at this, how do we care, legitimately care about people in the LGBTQ community? Is when we start looking past our biases, oh, start yeah. looking past our prejudices, and 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 realize that there's a story, there's a person. Yeah. There's. And they don't have to tell you that story. No, you just gotta you just gotta let people live their lives. Yeah, you know? and but you have to create a space where if they ever wanted to share that story, yeah. they know that they can come to you and share it. Yeah, you need to create a space. You need to be open because because this is the thing. I think you and I talked about this too. Is that um, and you might be ready to talk about this, but so so stop me if you want if you want to interrupt me. Go ahead. But we talked about heterosexual sin. Heterosexual. Oh yeah, scene. I I always bring that up yeah, because but, I mean it gets a pass in America now, even in church. It, heterosexual sin, it it like so the idea is what people are creeped out by in the church sometimes uh, with any talk of sexual orientation is that it's a it's about sex, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the idea is. Um, when you take the conversation to sexual orientation, um, I guess it. I, what really, some people really react into is the fact that sex is even being acknowledged or addressed. You know, I remember the first time I saw a pride parade on TV. It was on Easter Sunday, I think, sometime in the '90s. I I, I remember I was sitting in my uh, military dorm room, watching this uh, uh, news story about how there was a pride parade on Easter Sunday. And uh, one one guy had said uh, that uh, Christians had the right not to be mocked on their holy day, you know, uh, by by these people having a pride parade. And uh, and I, I kind of stopped and, and thought about that for a minute. And um, I thought, why do uh, the pride parades, um, you know, upset people? And I think it's because it's hard for some people to see that. Um, because I guess what I guess what I'm trying to say is 
they're looking at it going, man, why are you making me think about mm-hmm. sex mm. by, um, I guess, having a parade about um, sexual orientation? Mm-hmm. And then what I realized is that um, there's all kinds of talk of heterosexual orientation all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're heterosexual and it's heteronormative, you're just blind to it, right? Right. So when I see a pride parade and somebody says, "Oh, well, why does somebody, you know, um, why does somebody have to have a um, a parade about their sexual orientation?" Well, I look at weddings, you know, mm-hmm. and I look at all of the heterosexual comments that happen in weddings, you know, and and ultimately, you know, a wedding. If you're not blind to it, you know, I remember being a kid feeling sort of uncomfortable that, you know, maybe my aunt was getting married or something because uh, I couldn't get it out of my mind, you know, yeah. uh, that there was going to be a honeymoon night, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, this kind of creeped me out as a kid, you know. Yeah. I wasn't yet, since it was new to me, I wasn't uh, I wasn't uh, yet used to, you know, allusions to heterosexual activity, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then you go to a uh, the reception, and there's there are lots of jokes and things, you know. And if there's an MC there, uh, sometimes there was this uh, awkward game. I've been to a lot of weddings in my life, and there was this sort of awkward game where someone would be blindfolded and have to put a garter on a woman's leg, and you know it it got a little bit sexual. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yet that gets a pass, you yeah. know. It, hetero because well, as people say heteronormative, you know, the idea is like we're saying, hey, you know, this is the normal thing and it's fine, you know. But as soon as we draw attention to something else that makes you think about sex that we don't consider normal, uh, people get creeped out. They get a little upset by it, you know. Well, and take it to the next level. You again talking about the young people being thrown out of their homes and living homeless mm-hmm. because of their sexual orientation. Yeah, but yet. You know, we could say, well, they're living a sinful life. Yeah. Well, if your child's addicted to pornography, sure, that's sin. Because it, it says really is, yeah. straight up, Scripture, Jesus says, if you even look at a person in a lustful way, right. you're committing adultery. Right. So once you've done that, mm-hmm. then you should say, you know what? If you can't stop looking at porn, you better get out of my house. Right. Because if you're going to hold your kid who's living... A sinful life in homosexuality, yeah. and you're gonna throw them out. Then you better be ready to throw your 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 porn yeah. addicted kid out. You're lying. Um, yeah, it says don't share any false things against yeah. your neighbor. So yeah. if you're lying and you keep doing it, you keep doing it. But yeah. then get out of my house because that is see. And obviously, we don't ever want to see that either. Exactly. But the no. idea here is there's a hypocrisy in that because exactly. heterosexual behavior always gets a pass. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and, and the stuff and, that we can understand. Yeah, and here's what I was going to say about the words of Jesus before. You know, he never addressed homosexuality, but he did address heterosexuality, and he told us that if you divorce someone, and he said, except for the the reason of marital unfaithfulness, if you divorce someone and she marries someone else, you've caused her to be an adulterer. He has identified a heterosexual sin mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is we're we're doing that in the church oh people yeah. are getting divorced and they're getting and, and, and not for reasons of someone cheated you know necessarily but for reasons of just we grew apart irreconcilable yeah. differences or I you know there was a man who went into uh, years ago you know a counselor friend told me and he didn't name names but a counselor friend said that there was a man who sat in his office and said God told me to leave my wife Nobody was cheating on anybody. Nobody had 
left or separated or betrayed or lied or anything like that. It was just, he said, God told me to leave my wife. And the counselor looked at him and said, you're not going to sit there and look me in the eye and tell me that God told you to leave your wife. Well, the guy did leave his wife and he married another woman in the church. And somehow this, I'm not saying everybody was happy, but I'm saying they did get to live a peaceful life. You know, nobody like crowded in on them and and rebuked them. And, and, you know, uh, nobody was ready to throw them out of the church. Right. Man, you know what I mean? And I was, and, and I'm just thinking in the church, you know, heterosexual behavior gets a pass. And I'm a little tired of seeing that, you know, because I just feel like the hypocrisy is there and we're showing that it's, we're not principled in that. Well, and to take it to the next level as a pastor. Yeah. I see many pastors who have chosen to manipulate systems mm. to use their power to get to get special privileges to um, manipulate other people in the church to you know they they um, sleep with another person in the church that's not their wife or oh, not goodness. their spouse um, okay you know I've seen I've, I've known pastors who have divorced remarried divorced again remarried and they're still in the pastoral role when in scripture it says you're to be a husband of one wife yeah I mean so when you so like you said though right this is where we have a hypocrisy because oh well you know that's understandable and it's because a lot of times it's because people can adjust their mind to that people who aren't willing to say you know what like this is just what's going on Mm -hmm. God's over it all yeah. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I have no right to look at somebody and say, "Oh my gosh!" Like, like I can tell them that, yeah, you know, this these are sinful acts. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to look at you and say you are more sin, more of a sinner than I am. Yeah. I would ne- like I actually spoke on this in my church. I said, you know what? Like, we are one step away from being just like the people we want to go ahead and judge. That's true. We are one step away from that. Mm-hmm. Like I am – if I see somebody who's addicted to something and I want to judge them, I am one step away. I could go to a party, try yeah. something for the first time because you know what? I can't, I won't be addicted. I try it. Oh, dang yeah. it. Now, hopefully I wouldn't because I am a pastor. I am leading a church. Hopefully yeah. I would be wise enough not to do that. But I'm still one step away from one it. One step away. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and quite frankly, you know, if we look at the words of Jesus, you know, about how, you know, um, if you do these things mentally, you're guilty mm. of sin. We're not in mentally in our heads. We're not even one step away. Right. We're not even one step away from adultery mm-hmm. in our minds. Yeah. I mean, every man lusts, you know. And we're all adulterers in that sense, you know. I mean, and I know many women, if not all women, do yeah. too. I mean, we're we're all broken. Yeah. And I think this is where my closing thought goes. I don't mm-hmm. know. If, I mean, you can you can share whatever else you want to share after this. Okay. But for my but for my closing thought, my my thought on this is is that we have to remember we're all broken people. We so whether or not you whether you think or you consider homosexuality a sin, if you consider it a sin. Then what you got to say is, I'm broken just as much as they are. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus just as much as they do daily. Yeah. So what do I do? I love them the way that Jesus loved me. Because I've received grace, I give grace. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to judge them because honestly, it's just like what Jesus says. I can look at their little their little stick in their eye, but I have a plank in mine. Right. Sure. It's like I don't. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to be wise about what I'm what I'm going to do with that. Yeah. <clears throat> if you don't think. It's a sin, but you still struggle with it. 
you know, how to love them, then you have to say to yourself, well, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't think it's a sin, then okay, that's 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 good on you. Like that's where you're mm-hmm. at, right? That's I mean, just but you still have to love them and love them where they're at. Yeah. Don't don't look at them as any differently than anybody else. You love them where they're at. You give them comfort. You become a place yeah. of, of peace. Be a peacemaker. And in be, fact, a, be a person who shows that. In fact, just to <clears throat> piggyback on that, a gay person is not just your neighbor. It's um, your your brother, yes, your son, your cousin, your teacher. Yeah, you know your pastor's son, right? Your your choir director, your you know. You know, your your janitor, you know, this is who we're talking about here. Your doctor, you know. Yeah. So And um, you know, we can think of Micah six eight, right? He's showing yeah. you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Yeah. You know, to to um love just do be to do justly, love mercy, yeah, and walk humbly, right? Mm-hmm. And so you do justice by what? You justice is caring for the oppressed. Yeah. Right, you 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 rise up and you speak towards issues that are being that are causing damage to society, mm-hmm. and and the things that are causing damage to society is not people who say, well, homosexuality is causing damage to society. No, people who say that kind of junk are causing damage to society. I believe that too. Like you know, yeah. Like I'm, you, I'm about had it up to here with people saying this is what's wrong with America, and yeah, like, just no. man, the list of people saying this is what's wrong with America just keeps getting longer and longer. And I feel like yeah. everybody's on it. Yeah, and and, you know? <laughs> and and you want to say that you know what like, everybody's you're on what's, it. You're what's wrong with America. Yeah, um, now we're all on it. This is, so like, but the reality of it is, though, is like, dude, like, okay, do justice, love mercy. That mm-hmm. means that you you want to provide mercy to people. Yeah. You want to be someone who says like, you know what, like, you need love, you need mercy, you need you yeah. need to know that you're safe with me. I'm that person. Right. Nothing could be more <clears throat> the opposite of judgment than mercy. Right. If you don't know what mercy is, just think opposite of judgment. Right. And then to, to walk humbly. Walking humbly is acknowledging the fact that you are not mm-hmm. all together. And you, don't, you don't have it all figured out. No. You, no matter how much you read, you will never fully understand God. Mm-hmm. You will know his heart. And his heart is this. Caring for the oppressed. Caring for the least, the lost. Reaching out your hand for those who are in need. Clothing the naked. Feeding the hungry, caring for the widow and the orphan—that is his heart. That's what we should be striving for. Mm-hmm. His heart was—it even says Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, right? Yeah. And for some reason, we've taken it upon ourselves to do what Jesus didn't want to do or didn't come to do. Yeah, we've taken it upon ourselves. I'm going to condemn the world. Jesus is like, that was never my goal. My goal was to free the world, and you're just causing more captivity. By your stupid judgment, by your stupid comments that are creating more separation, pushing people away from me. Mm-hmm. The gospel you should carry should never push people away. It should draw people towards. You are a light. You are salt. Mm-hmm. People are coming towards it. Mm-hmm. They're never supposed to be pushed away from it. Mm-hmm. And the gospel that pushes people away is the wrong gospel. Yeah. And so when we're doing that, we need to be wise about the fact that, oh, man, maybe, I'm, maybe I've got this thing wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to start loving people where they're at, caring for people for who they are as as image bearers yeah. of the of our God. And how do we love them? We love them the way we love ourselves and quit sharing a gospel that separates. Quit sharing a gospel that pushes people away. Let God do that. Yeah. God's going to God's going to separate when it's time for him to separate. We have no role in that. And the people he's going to separate 
I'll, I'll be straight up. I feel like are going to be the ones who thought they had it all figured out. It's it's got to be it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think Jesus uh, makes that clear plenty of times. You know, yeah. because uh, you know it uh, it was not the healthy who need a doctor. Right. He says, right. So if you think you got it all figured out, maybe you're saying you don't need me. You don't need a savior because yeah. you got your own uh, self righteousness yeah. instead of the grace of Jesus. Yeah. Um, for me, Bobby, uh, I'm not quite done yet. I just got a couple more things to Go say in it. terms of loving people because I've <clears throat> I've thought about it a lot, you know. And uh, you know, locally, uh, town up the road, they had created a city ordinance that wanted to add sexual orientation uh, to their list of things that you cannot discriminate against. You know, in 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 uh, I think it was in hiring in. Um, uh, maybe uh, <clears throat> business interactions, you know, that kind of stuff. In the same way that you cannot uh, refuse to, uh, you know, that you know, in the same way that the Woolworths, uh, you know, in the old days refused to serve black people at lunch counters. Mm. Um, they wanted to create city ordinances that a- added sexual orientation to this, like not denying services mm-hmm. um, to people because of sexual orientation, and, and everything's included in that: religion, yeah. race. You know, ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, not political affiliation, <laughs> but uh, right. <laughs> maybe that's coming. But sexual orientation was in there, and uh, that was in a neighboring town, and that created some hullabaloo all over. And that's why I heard just so many hateful comments, you know, um, towards gay and lesbian and bi and trans. And I just thought, man, what's going on up there? So that thing passed. Well, recently, uh, this past spring here, just about a month ago, uh, we had a man, uh, one of our state representatives, mm. in the House of Delegates. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Um, he stood up and uh, he wanted to propose, uh, I think he was proposing or advocating for some legislation that would be like a state law that would basically overrule the city ordinances that added sexual orientation. Because uh, there were a few cities in West Virginia that, that had that, you know, that right. he wanted to sort of – this the state law would sort of overrule these these local laws, these municipal laws. And the idea was that um, that you could discriminate on sexual orientation. And his reasoning behind this was that this was – I hate to even like repeat some of this, but he wanted to say that uh, um, they were a hate group. Yeah, and that they were forcing people uh, to do things against their beliefs and their religion. And the idea was, uh, he actually uh, this yeah. is a this is a quote. The he says the LGBT uh, <laughs> is um, well. I have to paraphrase now because I've forgotten exactly what he said. Maybe it's good for me, but he said that the LGBT is worse than the KKK mm-hmm. as far as hate groups go. Right. And it was the most ignorant, stupid thing I'd ever heard mm-hmm. come in, you know, and I've been watching a lot of state government, you know, I have some interest in state government um, here in the last couple of years and have participated in, um, in things and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and been pretty active in that lately. And this was the dumbest thing I've heard come out of there in, in so long, you know, and he was, he, uh, went on a news show I think he was invited to do an interview uh, with a state um, it's a state show yeah. state news show so not really anything national although I think some of these comments went national you know picked up by national newspapers and of course everything's on YouTube now you know yeah I'm not gonna and, lie my stomach hurts because I know where you're going with it. yeah well really she hurt. wanted him to the interviewer wanted him to clarify his position on that and she said what would you do if you found out that your hmm. son or daughter were gay and this this guy said well if it was my daughter I'd 
you know, I take her out and what do you say, get a manicure, a pedicure, uh, you know, take her out for a nice dinner. Then I take her to the river and I'd see if she could swim. And then you get this weird grin. I mean, this weird grin, mm-hmm. like, you know, a grin that you'd have to see the body language to understand that he was implying that he would drown his daughter. Yeah. And then, uh, went straight to a similar comment made about his son. And he said it in the same way, and I'd see if he could swim. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, you know, and we talk about people, um, you know, rejecting their, their kids and, and, you know, I know we probably have some listeners thinking nobody would, would do that. This guy was in, in, a little more than implying that he would drown his own children um, if they came out to him. Yeah. And it was pretty horrible. Um, I would say uh, I would say wicked. And I would say unloving. And here's the thing. That guy, it's pretty clear to me that that guy thinks he's doing his Christian duty, making these comments and trying to pass this legislation. And this is not love. And there are people that feel like, you know, in the church, they feel like, hey, I don't hate anybody, but they're kind of on his side. Okay. And they say, love the sinner, hate the sin. But there's no use saying that when your actions say, hate the sinner, Mm -hmm. you know. And as for me, as an act of love, in America, in a country where I need to live and let live, and I can't expect to assimilate everybody to my beliefs, mm-hmm. okay? Um, whatever religion or political belief you have, I can't make you live the way I want you to live. Mm-hmm. I cannot support legislation that discriminates against LGBTQ people. Right. I have to let them be free to live their lives, and right. they need to be as free as me. Yeah. Amen. In every way, you know? And so, you know, and a lot of people see this as like uh, somebody comes in and orders a cake. Do I have to make the wedding cake? Listen to me, man. To me, that is the same as Woolworths saying they wouldn't serve African-Americans at a lunch counter. Yep. And it deserves a sit-in. It deserves a sit-in. It deserves peaceful protest. And it deserves Christian people speaking out against it. Yeah. I do believe those are hateful actions. Yeah. And that's where I'm coming from with that. So... That's about as strong as I can get on all of this. And I'm telling you, uh, when you when you have religious people trying to pit themselves against uh, LGBTQ people as if they are the other, as if they're, um, you know, <clears throat> something to be fought against, if I'm forced to pick a side... I'm picking the side of the LGBTQ people. That's what side I'm standing on. Right. You know, yeah. against against these hypocrites. Because here's where I am in my walk with all this. I don't have it all figured out. I don't. But I do know this. Abraham pleaded with God not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he and it was it's a long chapter of him saying, God, would you save the city for this many people? Would you save the city for this many people? And the numbers get, you know... Uh, lower and lower until Abraham gets it to where he thinks it'll be something to where God will save this city. You know, Abraham pleaded. Jonah, different chapter of the Bible, says, uh, you know, he he's he's sent to go uh, condemn Nineveh and give them a chance to repent. And when they did repent and God didn't destroy the city, Jonah was really mad because he wanted to see Nineveh destroyed because he hated them. You know, he wanted to see them burn and he was mad at God, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, God had some words for Jonah and taught him in a very loving way that um, that's the wrong attitude, you know. Right. Here's the thing. I am going to be Abraham, you know. 
I'm taking a side of people and I'm going, God, you know, yeah. this is where I am. And that's the side I'm standing on. And I'm telling you, I think I'm picking a good side, Bobby, you know, because when I look at um, the same sex couples uh, in my life, I can see that they have a uh, higher rate of marital faithfulness than the heterosexual couples in my life. And that speaks to me. Yeah. You know, I know people have been together 25, 26 years with their partner, you know, and I see where people in the church, heterosexual couples, are struggling to get years like that to mm-hmm. get to the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is this saying? What is this speaking to me? So that's about where I am. I don't think any conclusions were reached, but I want to tell you, um, you know, God's teaching me and he's sending me people. He's sending me the right people to teach me. I don't have it figured out, but I'm on that journey. So everybody, if I've said uh, something wrong about, um, you know, my uh, uh, my gay and lesbian brothers and sisters, um, please be patient with me. Yeah. Yeah. I said, man, I should never have said that was my closing thought because after you said all that, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like this is... Gosh, I um, I think that we all owe an apology to to people of the LGBTQ community mm. from the church. Like we've damaged them. Yeah. We're persecuting <clears throat> them the way we say we don't want to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like again, I'm with you. I I think that you and I without even really realizing it we are as close to this as 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 we probably could be in the sense of like how we feel about the way we should love them mm-hmm. you know the way that we need to love people um we can never support legislation that oppresses legislation i mean like we we can't right and that's and I think that's like I know. A, and, and people, people really think they're doing their Christian duty when they're yeah. making some law against people like that. Well, I mean, it, it, and it's, it's not, across the board. Yeah. It is across the board. Yeah. And, you know, we forget that we are. We cannot expect the world to live like us. We can't. We can't expect the world to think like us. We're supposed to be countercultural. And the thing is, the world tells you, yeah, I hate people who don't think like you. Mm-hmm. When we start loving people who don't think like us, that flips the world upside down. Yeah. When we start walking with people who don't think like us, who don't believe like us, but we're walking with them and loving them unconditionally, mm-hmm. sharing our heart with them, sharing life with them, and yeah. people are like, wait a second, why are you doing that? That's not what you're supposed to do. Right. No, it is what I'm supposed to do because that's what I'm called to do. And a great thing happens. It's called <clears throat> understanding. Exactly. You know, And you're going to understand them, but they're going to understand you. Yeah. And that's where the, that's where the love takes place. It really is, you know. I heard a, I heard a rabbi one time say, "When people like each other, the rules change." Yes. Give yourself a chance. Spend some time with people. Get to like somebody. Yeah. And I guess that again comes with that walking with humility thing. Mm-hmm. I love how you say like I don't. We don't have it figured out. I think Jared and I will agree on that part too. I mean, yeah. um, we don't have it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, check with me again in a couple <clears throat> of years. I hope I'm wiser about this. You know. Yeah. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that more people can start walking in a way of saying, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. So because I don't know, 
I'm going to err on the side of love because I just don't know. So I'm going to be more loving than I am filled with hatred and separation. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm going to love. I don't know the full answer. I don't know how it all plays out in the end. Yeah. But I know that I'm called to love. And frankly, you don't even have to. Yeah. You know? And some great... Um, I wanted to share some resources before we close out. And I'll share these in the show notes um, okay. as well. Um, there's a book called People to be Loved. Why, homosexu- why Homosexuality is Not uh, Just an Issue. Okay. Um, that's by Preston Sprinkle. And uh, that's a. it's actually a really good book um, in the bits that I've read of it. I'm not going to say that I've mm-hmm. read the whole thing. But in the bits that I've read of it, really, really good. That's the author's name. Preston, Preston Sprinkle. Sprinkle. I have to read it now. Yeah, he's a, um, it's very, very... Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm fascinated by that. He sounds like a, a wonderful fictional character, and yet he's real. <laughs> he's so. very real. Um, and then there's another book by Andrew Marin called Love is an Orientation, mm-hmm. Elevating the Conversation with the Gay Community. Yeah. Um, Not as cool of a, a name. No. But the title sounds good. Yeah, so. and so... Um, I, actually, I met Andrew Marin at a um, National Youth Workers Convention I spoke at. Um, I already did like a breakout session at um, mm-hmm. probably in like 07, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe 08. I don't know. But um, either way, I met him and um, he seems like a good guy. Uh, the book is really um, well written and makes you think about how you interact with yeah. um, people who you don't think like, think alike with, you know, or who live yeah. a different, um, live differently than you. Because um, it goes beyond just the homosexual homosexual relationship. So anyway, um, two books that you could look at. Um, I'll put those in the show notes. And uh, you know, again, we're open to this conversation. We'd love for feedback, comments. Just keep it nice. Um, don't get hate, hateful. Don't get rude. Because um, we will uh, we'll block you. That's straight up. <laughs> I will block you. Um, because we want to have good conversation around this. And yeah. I think that that's what the world needs is good conversation around these issues. Um, not getting hateful, not getting spiteful, not not trying to prove your point, but really just just sharing and then holding on to your own view. Yeah. And then from there, loving each other beyond, you know, whether or not we think the same. Um, yeah. Let's just love each other and yeah. and be be real about our own struggles in life. And mm-hmm. and how do we support, encourage, and move each other forward? Yeah. Um, spur each other on to good works. That's what that's what Hebrews says. Um, so let's do that. And yeah. and when we're being hateful towards each other, we're not spurring each other on to good works. We're creating more separation and hatred. So let's stop that. Yeah. Um, Help us, Jesus. Yes. On that note, um, again, hopefully you're still with us and you've walk through this um if you are listening to this and you would like to subscribe or rate or leave a comment please do on the itunes uh spotify um because we'd love to uh have your feedback and it helps other people find our show too so um we appreciate you listening uh this is um, the frankincense podcast this is bobby this is jared thanks again for joining us bye guys